Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. This is Pastor Dave Ripper coming to you from Crossway Christian Church here in the Granite State of New Hampshire. We're talking about what would be possible if churches didn't simply focus on getting people into heaven, but getting heaven into people. How could that change not only our church, but our world? And a lot of the teachings that are this podcast is based upon are from some of the writings and example and words of Dallas Willard. One of my favorite stories of, of Dallas comes when he was having lunch with a friend and the friend ordered some really uh, hot food with these f- flaming hot peppers on them. And the guy said, whew, these things could burn the hell out of you. And Dallas replied saying, then give me a thousand of them. And I love that story because for heaven to get into us, what Willard kind of jokingly referred to as hell or sinful aspects of us or negative attitudes or recurring patterns that pull us from the kingdom instead of toward God and his word and his world and relationship with him, then these things need to go from our lives. And if we want to experience spiritual freedom, We need freedom from some of the things that hold us in bondage, the chains that bind, so that we can experience freedom for the life with God that we were made for, an eternal kind of life that can begin here and now. And so in today's podcast, I'd love for us to take some time to explore what in our lives might need to go. Let's just imagine for a moment that In the next 30 or so days, as we make our way toward Resurrection Sunday, what's one thing that could be holding you back, weighing you down, that if it was going to have less of an impact upon you, would bring more freedom in your life? To maybe help us think through this, I'd love to explore Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Such a powerful, impactful, profound prayer for really inviting God to investigate our hearts, our lives, to maybe call to our attention some of the blind spots that we have that we can't see. Listen to God's word now. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, a footnote in my Bible says that the word wicked could also be translated hurtful. Hurtful. 
A lot of us might not see ourselves as wicked, as having wicked ways within us, but what about hurtful ways? See if there's any hurtful way in me. Are there ways in you, patterns, habits, attitudes, dispositions that could be hurtful toward others? If so, what might that be? But what might be patterns, mentalities, ways of thinking, feeling that are actually hurtful toward ourselves. And if we want to experience spiritual freedom, we want more and more of heaven to come into us, then identifying what is squeezing out that work of God is so important. And often what is hurtful within us toward others or toward ourselves is that very thing. What hurtful pattern would help you thrive and flourish more if it were to be reduced, if its impact were to be lessened in your life. I was teaching on this concept not too long ago uh, with a group at our church. uh, That's a part of a program I'm running, a course I'm running, kind of a school of life called Monday School. It's not Sunday school, it's Monday school. And we were looking at what a curriculum for Christ-likeness could be like. Because as we grow into the image of Jesus, we're going to be people who are pervaded with agape love more and more. And so we were reading through 1 Corinthians 13 and seeing what love is, what love isn't, what doesn't belong with love. And in the NRSV translation of the text as I was reading it, God really spoke to me, even just amidst the people while I was teaching. And one line really resonated with me and it convicted me, I should say. And it was this, love is not resentful. Now, as I think about a hurtful way that had been in, me, in my life, and my pattern, maybe that was expressed toward others or especially toward myself, was a spirit of resentment. After two years of pandemic life, and a lot of us as pastors have kind of been scapegoats, we've had people's own pain and their own frustrations, their own dissatisfactions kind of projected upon us. And it was a very new thing for me, stepping into a new role uh, to be sometimes treated rather poorly, rather harshly, and most of the time I would say in a pretty undeserved fashion. And I started to realize resentment had just been building up. And whether I realized it or not, that resentful attitude was probably spilling over into some of my working relationships, my pastoral relationships, uh, maybe my family relationships, but even in my own life with God, there was a sense of bitterness that was starting to calcify and harden me. It was blocking me from being able to receive the love of God that he wants to extend and give to me each and every day. And very much naming and identifying that sense of hurtful way in me almost immediately started to bring freedom in my life. Christian psychologists often say, what you name, you can tame. Not just you, but in collaborating with the work of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God, what you name, you can better reduce its impact and the negative ways it's working within your heart. So just simply confessing that I was experiencing this resentment started to become healing for my heart. That's why James tells us, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. 
That confession was healing for me. But what's fascinating when we think about getting heaven into us and trying to eliminate parts of our lives that keep us from the kingdom of God, keep us from the with God life, is that we often start somewhere, but we don't always end up in the destination in which we intend. Often God uses just the openness that we have to lead us in some different directions of change that was needed. And as I was trying to eliminate the sense of resentment that had been building in my life, God changed me in some ways I wasn't anticipating. He started to bring to my attention what a privilege I have merely to just serve God. And I shouldn't say merely, what a privilege it is to serve God, no matter how big of a platform that might be, no matter what an inf- level of influence or, or breadth of ministry that he might be giving me, it is just a sheer privilege to serve God. And I had lost kind of that first love. I had forgotten about what an opportunity it is simply to partner with God and building his kingdom here on earth, no matter what that might look like. And so a prayer that God led me to as I was dealing with some of my resentment pointed me toward recovering a love and joy and freedom to serve. It was a freedom maybe from resentment and a freedom for greater service to God and his kingdom. It was a prayer by St. Ignatius of Loyola that I'd love to just share with you right now. Maybe wherever you are, I just want to invite you to pray this alongside with me. Teach me teach us good lord to serve as you deserve to give without counting the cost to fight without heeding the wounds to toil without seeking for rest to labor without asking for any reward save that of knowing that we do your will I cannot tell you, friends, how much freedom I have found in praying that prayer. It's enabled me to just give from a place of love and joy rather than counting the cost to to fight and not be heeding my wounds. And I had been heeding. I've been licking my wounds, replaying over and over again the ways I felt like I was wronged. But God invites us, as Paul has said, to forget what's behind so you can press on toward what is ahead. Probably the one for me that I felt even the most conviction over was to to toil and not to seek for rest or almost not to seek for escape. For those familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram type 7, wing 8. And so when pain starts to come into my life, unwanted realities start to come, I want to look for the escape hatch. And yet God is calling me, inviting me to just be fully present, to be faithfully serving him here and now, no matter what that looks like, no matter what blows need to be absorbed during that time, to stay faithful, to suffer faithfully with him and for him. And in that suffering, there is joy and love to be experienced with God. And to labor and not to seek for any reward, save that of knowing that we do God's will. So there is a, as we want to help heaven get into people, into our own lives, there is a freedom from. What's that hurtful way? I want to invite you to be praying about that God wants to help you find freedom from. But as we seek to find freedom from whatever that besetting sin might be for us, whatever hold up or hang up or bad habit that we need to break free from, he also wants us to find liberation for greater service for him, 
greater praise for him, greater a greater loving relationship with him. So friends, may you find freedom from what is holding you down, what is weighing you down, holding you back, and may you find freedom for greater praise, love, and service for God. And may he use you as you grow in spiritual freedom for his kingdom to come and for our churches to be places where heaven gets into people. We'll see you next time.